Hi, y'all. Before we get started, just wanted to let you know that we, we recorded this episode one day before the attacks at the mosques in New Zealand. So you won't hear us mention it, but we wanted to say that we are sending our love and support to New Zealand. Welcome to the Queer Arabs Podcast. This is Alia. And Ellie. And we are the Queer Arabs. I'm Saudi American and a lesbian. I'm bi, trans Lebanese and recording here in America and... And we are recording in Australia as well with Reem. Hey Reem, how are you? Hey everyone. Oh, I feel so happy about this. I am too. So we have Reem aka Mir who is a rap artist who is fucking awesome. The way we got in touch was basically like uh, someone... I just messaged you, right? No, it was the other way around. Someone tagged you in one of our posts and I was like... Oh, oh. Zainab. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. And Zainab, Zainab was like... Do you know Zainab? Well, no, not until that point. I was like, oh my God, Reem seems really fucking awesome. So we reached out or I reached out to you and you were like... I don't know what's happening right now, but sure, I'll do it. <laughs> you, were so, you were so chill about it from the first second. So oh, I yeah, just, I remember. I remember. I just remember being really excited, and I remember just reading, like, queer arrows. Wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever that is, I'm keen to do it. Let's just do it. You were so chill about it. You weren't like, you were like, oh, well, I need a little more info. You were just like, fuck yeah, I'll do whatever it yeah. is. Yeah, man. <laughs> it was so chill. For the listeners, can you talk about like, what are your ties to the to the Swana region, the Middle East region? Um, I My mom is Iraqi. My dad is half Palestinian, half Lebanese. So I guess you could say like I'm a chop soy. Mm-hmm. Where did you grow up mostly? In New Zealand. Okay. Yeah, so I was born in Dubai, and then when I was about four-ish, I went, yeah, me and my whole family moved to New Zealand. Oh, awesome. And yeah, and just grew up there, went to school there. And what led you to go to Australia? Okay, first... New Zealand. No, no, but then yeah. she moved to Australia. You moved like six to Australia. months ago. Oh, wow. What led you to, to do that? Well... Um, my husband is here. Oh. Oh, awesome. Yeah. How are you liking it so far? It's pretty cool. We're in this little place called Newcastle. Okay. So it's like right in the middle of Sydney and Melbourne, kind of. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It's very tiny. There's not many people here. That's it kind of like exactly what I wanted because in New Zealand, well, in Auckland, like where I was, it's just so, so busy and everyone's like always doing something and I wasn't doing something for a while and I felt kind of lost Mm -hmm. and just like I think I was like just done with New Zealand like there was just nothing there's only so many times I could play a gig at whammy bar you know like yeah I just thought it was the best thing for me to move I guess fair and and you've been writing for a really long time, right? Yeah, I used to write. I used to actually I used to actually record myself rapping over like Biggie and Lil Kim when I was like 7, 8 years old. What? I used to like Whoa. Yeah, I used to like record myself rapping over to it and then listen to myself and I really enjoyed listening to myself on tape. 
And yeah. I'd be so excited. I'd go and show my brother. I'd be like, look, I just threw this thing. And I just rap to it. And I'd like show it to him. And he'd take me on his phone and show his friends. And I just thought that was so cool. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, that's so, so cute. That's so cute. He was, he was supportive right away. Yeah, yeah. Can you talk about the experience? I guess, like, how has rapping impacted you like over the years can you talk about that yeah sure yeah so I've always been into it um and I've always written like poetry and like little like poems to to like little crush crushes that I had but I never gave it to them it was just like between me and myself I have like these books and books of like poems and spoken word poetry and things like that and then it wasn't until I was about so it was always like a something on the back burner so it was always something that I just really like doing in my spare time that took up a lot of my time. Yeah. And then I think it wasn't until I was about 20, I met Liam. So yeah, I think I was on my 20th birthday and I met this person called Liam. Uh-huh. And we started dating. And then at that time they made music, like they were in bands and stuff. And they just introduced me to this whole world of like music and underground music and oh, all these, cool. all these, all these cool fucking amazing, like, queer people that make music I was just like where the fuck were you guys all my life so it was like um that's the best feeling it is eh? yeah it's really really cool so we were like together for about three years until we started making music together so we started making music together under the name heavy and it kind of just started like I knew some friends who put on this like music festival called chronophonium okay um and I asked my friend that puts it on if I could have a slot and he was just like yeah sure I'll put you on at 2 a.m and I was like oh okay cool and this was like in two weeks time so I had to go back to Liam and tell him that we had to write a set in two weeks time no pressure yeah no pressure right (laughs) damn and and so I was like wait I have like books and books of all my like written poems and stuff all you need to do is just like make some beats and I'll like try and fit it together and we'll just like make it work yeah, I went to the festival, I remember being, like, so high off everything, and <laughs> it was, like, 2 a.m., and I, like, got on stage and, and and did my thing, and it was just the best feeling ever, like, oh, man. especially the next day when people were coming up to me and telling me that, like, they remembered my set, and it was really cool, and... yeah it was just that was like the start of of everything for me I think because once we got back to Auckland we started getting booked for like little shows and stuff and yeah and at 2 a.m it's always it's probably a hit or miss you don't know like how many people will stick around yeah come on all the best bands go on at 2 a.m yeah true well but still like you never know yeah. yeah, exactly. You never know because it's either like there's no one there to see you, or it, and even if there were people there, they'd be just so fucked out of their minds they probably wouldn't even remember you. Right. So oh, you had wow. that wonderful confluence of people were there and they were there enough to remember you. Yeah. So when I started doing it, I think for a long time my family didn't know. Mm-hmm. My family didn't know that I was with Liam as well. So I was like di- living this like double life. Yeah, so I was like living this double life for like six years. And then, um, yeah, finally I t- decided to tell my mom and, and my brother and my sister. My brother was really, really supportive of like my music stuff. Awesome. But my mom, my mom, not really. My sister didn't really care. She was just like jumping on bandwagons. Like if my mom didn't like it, then she wouldn't like it too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. She, she, was, she was just like that. 
but my brother was quite supportive and he came to see me he came to see me play for a couple of shows and that was really cool yeah i'm glad you had him you've had him like along the way yeah yeah definitely very lucky has your mom warmed up to that idea not really you know i think like arab arab parents like she thinks the worst like i would tell her like i would go and play shows and she thinks that i'd be like busking like begging for money or like mm-hmm. stripping or like she would just think that i'm like doing coke on the streets like she'd just go to the most exaggerated yeah. idea you know and i'm like mom this is the most innocent thing ever like honestly and she just she just like she wouldn't get it so uh-huh. did you ever so, invite so, her to a show no man she's like she went to hedge and stuff you know like Okay, I got you. Uh-uh. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't, no. that doesn't mean but, you can't extend the invitation. But no, but in saying that, in saying that though, she is one of the coolest, coolest, coolest Arab moms I've ever met. Like, oh, yeah, she's a beautiful person. She, yeah. Well, I saw person. that you have a song like that you wrote after her. So yeah, because it's named for the year of her birth, right? Her birth year. Yeah, that's and I yeah. when I read that, I thought like, okay, you probably do have a really good, in many ways, like a really good relationship. Like just reading that. Yeah. Can you talk about like the issues that you rap about and the messages you want to get across to people? I can't tell you like exactly because I feel like when I started making music, it was like more for myself. Uh-huh. So I want to like spread it across. I want everyone to know this. It was more like I really, really like doing this, and I'm just gonna do it and see what happens. And then over time, as I started getting more and more like media coverage and like interviews and things like that, I was like, okay, well maybe I should like take this a little bit more seriously and actually think about what I want to do with this and stuff like that. So I guess like first of all, being like an Arab woman is the major thing. The fact that I rap too is is also another thing. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is like, yeah, I, I don't know what to tell you. I think yeah, like getting the representation out there. Yeah, I think it's more getting the representation out there and not needing to say it in words, but more like being it. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like yeah, being for sure. Being the being the change and being the whatever it is that I want to say. I, I'm just like being it. Your video for pomegranate, like it comes across so strongly so so fiery yeah fiery and just i mean just the phrase like you're messing with a bad bitch like that says so much that really tickled me because i was like (laughs) i was like i was like way to fuck up the good girl the good girl arab image thank you yes but the thing is is like when if you meet me in person like in real like like one of my flatmates in new zealand would be like would see me live and then we'd go home together, and I'm just, like, a whole different person. She was like, who are you? Like, who is that person on stage? And who are you now? Like, are you the real – is this the real room, or is that the real room? And I'm just like, I don't know. Like, I'm such a shy person in real life. Yeah. But when I get on stage and I when, and that beat starts, it's just like something comes over me, and I'm just – I can't control it. You get into that flow state. Yeah, you have some shit that you need to get out. And that it sounds like that's the right context. Oh. Yeah, and like messing with a bad bitch, like it's not like I'm a bad person, like I'm bad. I'm so like oh, badass. No. Yeah. But I think I think it's more like I've gone through so much. Arab, us Arabs have gone through so much. 
and so don't fuck with me you know yeah yeah i think it's people who go through so much shit, it's like very little will phase us anymore so true so fucking true yeah especially as like especially arab women I've, I've realized definitely it takes it takes a lot for me to get worked up about something or just to like feel heavy baggage because i've I'm so used to it. So now my, my like filter for the, oh, not filter for that, but my like, what's Your, the word? Like, threshold. Threshold. Yeah, yeah. My threshold for that. Like, and sometimes I don't even know, like sometimes I'm like, am I okay? Is this, is this something that I should be like, is this bad? Is this something I should be worried about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I get it. Cause like you, you just like have to, you constantly deal with your shit and it's like, sometimes you need to stop and say, wait, am I really okay? Yeah. Yeah, like, yeah. do I need to seek help? Like, sometimes yeah. I think that to myself. I know a lot of this shit that has gone on is not typical. And sometimes I'm thinking, okay, do I... Am I at a serious point where, like, I need to get serious about finding a therapist and <laughs> getting help? Or yeah, yeah. do I just keep yeah. getting, like, getting through all this Bizarre yeah, yeah, shit, sure. but like I don't know if you've read one of my interviews, but I kind of went all yeah. out in it, and I kind of just said everything. And I think that we need to be in a, like a society where it's okay to say that stuff normally and not feel like, oh, is this person going to be okay with me telling them this thing, or is this person? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah. like even with like, so like I see a therapist every so often, and and. Even then, I'm like, shit, should I be telling my therapist this kind of shit? Is she even going to be okay with it? Am I like... Yeah, her... for sure. I'm like, I... and this is the fucking woman. And you're like, this is her job, but... This is... I pay her money for this. And... <laughs> oh, yeah, really? Yeah. And she's like... And I'm... Yeah, for the and therapist. I'm like, I'm like... You pay money for the therapist? Yeah, because America. That's how the U.S. works, sadly. Yeah. But so you don't get, like, free... I mean, we... sometimes our insurance will cover it. But like, there's usually a copay, and it's a it's definitely a problem. Yeah. So in in New Zealand, I was seeing a therapist, a psychologist for like three or four years, nice. and and before I saw her, I was like in a state where I was like ready to just end life. Yeah. And, and I was just like, no, like I can't do this because like I have so much to give, you know. So I I, I need to kind of just like pack my shit up and 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 move away from family. I only started living on my own when I was like 24. Mm-hmm. So if you if you could imagine like all the people around me living in like a, yeah. they're like, just leave or like, just just do it. Like you just, you don't, don't worry. Like it's your life. And I'm like, no, but you don't get it. You know? They're your primary social and support group. And you're like, nah, fuck it. And they're telling you, nah, fuck it, just go. And, and you're like, it doesn't always work like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's- I can't. Like if I go, then that like that's it. I won't have a family anymore. Like they will literally abandon me. Yeah, that's and Wait, it's hard that, to wait, explain did, to a lot of people. Yeah, but did that happen? No. <laughs> Good. No. Yeah. It didn't happen. Um, I think it was because like there was a time where my parents split up, mm-hmm. and and then me and Liam broke up, and it was like after a six year relationship, and it, all, all that stuff happened at, like at the, in the same month. Oh shit. Yeah, I just lost it and. I was like, I need to see a psychologist, and it was we had to go through this thing where you go to the doctor. <clears throat> okay. Like, give you they give you this piece of paper, and you go to this place called ACC, and then they give you like a free psychologist. You get forty sessions a year. Damn, that's yeah. amazing. You, and and if you need more, then you can get more. 
That's it is yeah. It we really we have a really broken health system here. Like mental health is even another level. So yeah, like until like hear that. yeah, like until recently when I got good insurance through my job, it's like I was lucky to get like maybe five visits a year. Yeah, that's crazy. It's really, that's shitty. that's what it's like here in in Australia. It's like when I came here, I oh, was like, shit. okay, I was like, okay, cool. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's gonna be the same as New Zealand because we're only like three hours away. So I'm pretty sure they're like politics oh. or whatever is the same you know so i would have thought that too yeah but no it's really broken like i went to go see a psychologist here like a month ago i remember and she like had this timer and she pressed it she's like right so we just have an hour and she pressed it so i'm just like whoa okay oh. that's the first that makes me feel weird because i feel like you're just right you know you yeah that's that like are the you first really thing. gonna listen to me or are you just like gonna check the timer this whole time exactly and yeah. then the whole entire session was me telling her how it is in New Zealand. She was like, oh, wow, that's really cool. I'm going to write this down and tell my boss. I'm like, are you fucking kidding like, me? That's not, yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's not the point of this conversation. Like, And I also feel like the whole time I had to tell her about my culture so she could understand. And I was oh, just my like, God. Bitch, yes. bitch, I have no time. Like, I need you to get with it, please. I have problems. I need you to listen. I need you to help me the fuck out. Uh, like, give me some meditation and pills, damn it. I know, right? Whatever it is you need. Yeah, like, yeah, I read one of your interviews where you talked about a really good therapist you used to have about where they taught you about, like, the four pillars, which I hadn't heard of. The Tefare Tepafa, which is like the you are the house. So yeah. Tefare Tepafa is a Maori, Maori saying, which is the New Zealand's native language. Um, and it means, like, you are the house. So you have, like, four walls so one's like spirituality, one's relationship, one's your health, and the other one is something else. And So it's like if one of them, one of the walls... F- yeah, and it kind of helps because like you're able to identify what it is that is going on. Yeah. And then do your best to kind of like work at it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it sounded really helpful to think of it. Have that It image. was the best thing. It was yeah. the best thing ever for me. And... Yeah. yeah, I think now I'm just like, oh, I need it, but I don't need it. Like, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But it would, would, would be nice to have some sort of therapy. Just to have the access, to have yeah. the possibility, yeah. So b- back to something you mentioned about educating therapists. I'm kind of familiar with the concept. Like, what was your experience educating your therapist? We did lots of, like, CBT and DBT things. What is that? So cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm, okay. So that's just, it's all about like changing your pathways and changing the way you think pretty much and like trying to perceive things differently. Um, Like I was diagnosed with like a whole bunch of stuff that I like, that are just words to me now, but before really freaked me out, like borderline personality disorder and like major, major depressive disorder. And it's like, when you hear those words, you're like, fuck, something's wrong with me. Because there's a lot of stigma. Yeah, lots of stigma around that stuff. But then, and I kind of like fell into that too. I like became my mental illness for a while, you know? And then I was just like, hold on a second. Like yeah. there's, I guess it's just like how I am being right now. It's just a result of like my childhood and how I grew up. And that's just what it is, you know? And and putting putting like these scary words on top just kind of make it worse. When you saw a therapist in Australia, what was it like? Did you feel like you had to kind of educate her? Yeah, for sure. The whole time I was trying to educate her. Like, what did you have to tell her about, like, the whole Arab thing? She was just the one in Australia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> She's just like, so 
Well, I kind of just explained to her everything that I'd already been through. So if she'd ask me a question like about family or whatever, I'd just be like, yeah, she didn't really ask me anything because it was just me tell- explaining things to her the whole entire time. But there wasn't there was another one that was just like, oh yeah, and how do your fa- family feel about that? Oh yeah, and do you think you can just like speak to them about it? That simple. <laughs> do you think you can just? Um, do you think it would be really helpful if you maybe set your mom down? And I'm like, no. No, that's not, it's not, it won't be helpful if I just set her down, you know? I feel like I have some light issues to talk about. <laughs> you won't, you'll get over it. I yeah, feel like I'll move out. With, you know, without a husband or any prospects for one and just be like, yeah. And you, and you have to be okay with it, okay? Okay, conversation over. That, that was, was great. That was easy. That went Thanks so well. <laughs> there was no yelling, no crying. Of course yeah. not. No, no, she was just, you know, building up that rage before she explodes. <laughs> Even about just being queer as well has, has been a issue for me my whole entire life like oh have you been pretty open about it with any family or not not really yet you know when ever since you were a kid you kind of I felt different mm-hmm. and I and I didn't know what it was so I always remember being in like primary school and I've all I always used to have a bowl cut so I always used to like feel like a dude mm-hmm. I don't know why but I always used to feel like a boy in in primary school and I used to always like want to be friends with girls it was just really weird I was very confused as a child and then it wasn't until like I got into community or like it just got to a point where a lot of people were coming out and a lot of people were being vocal all over the world even like in my group of friends in my community that I was hanging out with like a lot of people were coming out and just being unapologetically being really and that kind of gave me the confidence or insight to like be like oh I kind of know why I was like this my whole entire life. It's because I'm yeah. fucking queer. Um, yeah. And then, like, what does that even mean, you know? like Oh, my God, like, yeah. Right. You know, like, what does that even mean? Like, because I, I've been with, like, different... I've been with trans people. I've been with straight people. I've been with girls. I've been with, like, different types of people. And it's just like, am I straight when I'm with a guy? Am I lesbian when I'm with a girl? Like, what am I when I'm with all these different people? But I also, like, now yeah. I'm, like queer is not just about who you're into or whatever it's like about a way of living and it's like definitely about about who you are and it's about what you think and what your beliefs are and who you surround yourself with and all that stuff I like that so, way of putting it yeah, yeah and it's just like I told my mom I was just like you know I was with girls before and she was like what really I was like yeah and she was like so like you actually like loved them like yeah. loved them I'm like yeah yeah I really did like, and it was a real thing. She she got it because of the amount of chats that we've had to get to this point that we are oh. at right now. Because we never, we, me and my mom were never this close. Like, oh, wow. But it was only until I took her to my therapy session and actually sat her down and told her everything that she kind of, like, started to break down too and thought it was that, like, her fault that I have all these problems. Oh, my gosh. I, I know this story. She's like, started crying. She's like, is it my fault? Like, did I not do anything properly? And in my mind, I'm like, no, but yeah, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, no, but it's fine. Yeah. Um, I mean, some of it's your fault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of it is definitely your fault. A lot of it is, is dad's problem, but you're okay. Yeah. But the whole queer um, thing. But the queer you. thing, it's like, it's like, no, it's just me. 
And yeah, it's just okay. me. And even like my yeah. partner now, like it took him a while to try and understand what it meant. And yeah. he's just been so fucking supportive. He's just the coolest person awesome. ever I've, I've ever met. Like, yeah, um, he's amazing. It's so refreshing to hear that. Yeah. And especially like as a cis dude, like nice. for him to be. Oh my God. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah, really. Hell yeah. I mean, ugh. I mean, I've dated cis dudes, but. I've, I've never trusted them to do get anything right, which is right. why which yeah. is why Alia here is so, so refreshing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me yeah. too. And I was just like, and also it got to a point where like, you know, when you hang out with your friends and your group of friends, and you're always in that, in that, and and kind of not in real real life. Does totally. that make sense? Yeah, like and you're so, in that a little bubble or a space. yeah definitely yeah. I was in a I was in a bubble and I was like man I think I just need to like get out of this bubble because it got to a point where like I hear that I know what you mean like because when give you give other people in... a chance you know like we yeah need to, we're all good but these people out there aren't like as educated so let's educate them if we have the energy mm-hmm. does, does that make sense yeah totally yeah. I like that yeah whenever we have the energy whenever we have the chance I think it is good to branch out and not just be in an echo chamber all the time. But on the other not- hand, you don't have to be like, so this is what queer theory is to like every asshole who like misgenders you or something like that, you know? <laughs> True. Yeah. 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 You can find that balance. Of like, yeah. What you're comfortable with. and Yeah. And also you'll be able to tell like if the person is going to be open or if there's going to be a fucking dick about it, you know? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. You can tell like who's worth the time usually yeah although sometimes you are surprised yeah yeah for sure and that's always nice when it goes the way like if it's positive and you didn't expect it but seeing an arab female rapper like it just makes me so happy and you're bringing representation to the rap world and you're creating all these conversations about like in your interview like you talked about navigating mental health as a middle easterner and when you think back to when you were going through it really going through it when you felt trapped and when you felt like you didn't have much external support what kind of advice do you think would be good for people like in that position now other arab women who know that they like take me i'm a young Arab woman who's going through the mental health system, what would you tell me knowing nothing about mental health systems? I think spend time with yourself. Spend time, like, knowing yourself. And I think that was the most important thing for me because, like, moving away from family forced me to to face myself and my my shit. And wherever that took me, like, the bond that I made with myself, like, because I trust myself now and I love myself and... I went through so much with myself and like it made me yeah trust me and know me so in any kind of situation that I come across I always I don't know it's very hard and very emotional as well like it's yeah I don't know if it's advice but it's just like get in yourself and and learn yourself and trust yourself because I didn't have anyone else like I didn't have any other support I just had myself so Mm -hmm. So you had to learn to, like, believe yourself and give yourself credit and trust and stuff. And and, and not to say there's going to be a time, like, there's going to be an end point. Like, there's never an end point. Even now I'm still, like, self-doubting, but but not as much as before because I've spent some time working on my shit. And so 
I think that turns into like trust and stuff and also build your family outside of your family do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I had sure. I have a I have a group of friends in New Zealand that I had to sadly leave but they're like forever friends like they're my family outside of my family like Love they it. get me and 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 they came here to visit me and it's like those kind of people make me like want to keep living yeah and being be, being understood by by friends is like one of the most important things so yourself and having like a family outside of your family and yeah just knowing it's gonna be hard but I just I also think a lot about how the fact that there are so many forms of therapy so like even if a person isn't able to see a therapist like formally I mean for you it sounds like rapping is one of your therapies and definitely I love that like the the way that you describe how you felt on stage like that first time it just sounds like really transformative and it's been really cathartic just like your it's your it's it sounds like your own way of like communicating which I think is yeah really cool. 100% 100% and yeah. like that's what I said before like it, it, it all started because I just really loved doing it and I guess it is like an outlet for me and it didn't start off being like I want to change the world and I want so I've got some things to say so I want like everyone to hear it you know yeah. it's more just like for myself so yeah another thing is like find something that you are really really passionate about and and work hard at it whatever it is yeah, yeah. that sounds familiar actually like all you hear before every recording is super nervous and it's like Ellie can you do this stuff and but the moment we hit record and are like go she has a mission Stop. she has something to say yeah, right? And, and you can't, you just can't control it. Yeah. And we just wanted to talk about shit. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. I guess, yeah, the podcast is definitely a form of, th- it's like very therapeutic for sure. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. And, ev- and even like being okay, like feeling okay to ask for help is also another thing. Yeah. Like I always, I always thought, not always thought, but I always just like went through did things on my own and when I was having a really shitty time I felt like oh I don't want to annoy anyone with my shit but when you don't do that you don't realize it just gets worse and worse and worse and then you get to a point where you just like break down and then your friends are like you should have told me like I told you I'm always here for you you know and like but why would you want to burden your friends with that shit it's I know it's hard that's always the counter argument internally but then like if I think about myself and I like put myself in like my friend's shoes and if I was like if my best friend was going through shit and didn't tell me I would be real ang- like I would be real upset like you know yeah. and also like yeah just tell you ask, ask for help it's it's fine and make sure you ask someone that you know is going to give it to you yeah I think a lot of us struggle with there's guilt that comes with it. it's like oh I'm going to be take up too much of this person's emotional bandwidth and I'm going to be a burden and all these things go through your head and go through your head. And then like at the same time, we unknowingly become not, I don't want to say a burden, but yeah, like worse. And we do impact people around us negatively in other ways that we don't even maybe see or realize. It's, it's definitely hard for me to admit, okay, I, it's okay to ask this person for help. I feel like, oh, how's that going to impact them? But it's like, no, but my behavior and the way I am, like, that will impact them in a more profound more. and, yeah, like, more long-term way. Yeah, sure. That's not healthy. Yeah. And, like, yeah. I guess there's also, like, a few 
there must be some like people out there that maybe might don't might not even have that kind of like friend circle or friend group that they can trust and ask for help you know so in that case like I, I wouldn't know you know because yeah. even if even if I did try to like say something or give advice I would feel like my fucking white friends that would tell me to just like just do it you know so I don't know if I'm being that to a person Oh, I hear that. I get it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. I guess we're not like super isolated. I guess for people, yeah, who are, like, like, we're very lucky. So I guess for people who are physically isolated, it's hard to know what to say. Well, when you're isolated, it's really easy to buy into your own bullshit. You know, it's like, oh, what do you mean? Or like, what do you mean? Yeah, or like if you're physically isolated and you're just like always like my, like stewing in your shit, where you're like, oh. I shouldn't take up this therapist time. They could be helping somebody with real problems. Oh my god! Yeah, I used to think that too, right? And I'm just like, really, more problems than 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 what I went through. Like, yeah. what is that? I want to know. <laughs> but it's also like, well, my shit's like, like there's people who are like, you know, hooked on drugs and depression and multiple personalities and they need to be helping those people i'm like way down the list you know but that's not how it works I, well i think when like at least for me when i put my issues and my the things i've gone through into words then i realize holy shit that's a lot but it's yeah. but if you don't articulate that at least in your mind like you can really you, easily, if you don't write it down yeah or write it down or anything then you start to normalize it so much for yourself that you think oh well my my shit's not that bad yes 100 percent, man like i went through so much denial and, and that yeah. also stems from what we were talking about in the beginning like being able to handle so much that we don't know when things are out of control exactly. so i guess i guess like the only thing you can do in a situation where you are isolated is like just write your shit down even though you might think it doesn't help literally when i'm going through like a manic episode in my mind I'm like nothing's gonna help at all nothing's gonna help no one's gonna do anything I'm just gonna like sit in this shitty feeling and whatever but then I'll go and write it down and literally like you just just see everything on paper that just makes such a big difference because Mm. it's not all in your head and it's like in front of you so you're able to think about it better and and do things about it and i don't i don't know man you know like like we're all trying to like figure out our own ways (laughs) (laughs) yeah i know there's no easy one size fits all answer to stuff like this i know but i think i think what you guys are doing is amazing thank you I, I wish I had you guys when I was going through my shitty time. <laughs> and that's that's how I feel about you. I'm like, I wish I had your music back in the day. And I wish I had your videos where I could just see someone who looks like us. and Who has know. our problems and our family bullshit. And yeah. also has to come out of all that bullshit. Fuck. Yeah, yeah. you guys come out? Yeah. And I... how's that with your family? Uh, well, my family took roughly 20 years to get over it but they got over it mostly <sighs> casual Most. 20 years casually 20 years <laughs> wow. no uh it, as i've said in previous episodes it depends on which like my mom is totally cool my dad is usually cool although sometimes he fucks up pronouns and dead names and all that good shit uh, oh yeah if they if, if like they're cool but they fuck up pronouns that's like amazing you know, if, if that's just like an Arab parent's problem is like just missing like <laughs> pronouns, like is lower, that's, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that's it's like, like 
It's like you're wow. my father, so you're, so the bar is so much lower. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> pretty no, much. Right? Yeah. No, but this is this is from you know initial come out phase where it's like you want to be a prostitute. Uh, I don't like, think that I was. I literally any... didn't say that, but okay. <laughs> well, because this was like mid '90s, you know, Arab dad who had basic, mm. who probably only encountered like trans and queer people, like possibly in porn mm. so or yeah. like on tv where it wasn't even probably like some fashion week or some shit you know or, it's just like pretty extreme or whatever yeah, oh, that, or, yeah yeah or jerry springer yeah or jerry in your springer. case yeah i love that like everyone in the english world knows who jerry springer is i can just say unfortunately <laughs> and fortunately well i guess jerry springer played a key role for you like also yeah. used to watch um short hair short black hair she was kind of mm. sally Sally? Was yeah, it, it Sally, Jesse, Raphael? I don't know that, but it was like kind of like Jerry Springer, but her name was Sally. Oh, yeah. I don't think I know about her. Uh, no, she was the queen of like trash daytime for a while out here. Oh, okay. Do you remember her? Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she was like a less poignant, poignant Jerry at times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Extended family is hit or miss. Like I got this really cool and badass uncle on my father's side and his uh, Palestinian Muslim wife, who is, who is easily the coolest person in my family. Wow, cool. Yeah. So then, of course, I've got my other uncle who basically just, I know he gets it, but he also just wants to troll the fuck out of me so he never gets it right. Oh, that's so fucked up. Yeah, that's fucked up. Like, that's not, it's not oh, funny. Like, they think There's it's a joke, but it's just, like, funny not funny. It. Yeah. No. It's like you've been doing the same lame joke for 20 years. You're like, get some new material, dude. Yeah, like, Jeez, fuck. Like, that's just so not to cool. joke about. Seriously. I have an uncle like that. I haven't talked to him in years, thank God. But, you know, yeah. they would just... You know that they do that because they're not comfortable with themselves. So they have to make other people around them totally. that know what they want to do feel really fucking like doubtful about what they're doing by making jokes about it. It's That's just so the true. Worst. It, so it's like, worst and the only time I see him is like, you know, at Christmas time. And like, my only interactions with him is like, he's just trying to tear me down. He's like, oh, but I'm just joking. And I'm like, really? We've been doing this for 20 years, man. Can, can... Like, are you that uncreative that you have to? repeat the same shit yeah <laughs> but this probably is, but this yeah. is the man who is who still regards dumb and dumber as the best movie ever made oh my right. god like right okay. that puts a lot of context living in the past for sure also yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but he's not a stupid guy he's he's just oh no you can be really smart and amazing but still a fucking dick yeah <laughs> exactly yes Exactly. But after that, I'm like also kind of weary about interacting with family at all, even to this day. Totally you know? makes sense. Mm-hmm. So. For my family, it's like, my I'm going to just focus on the Arab side because I'm half Saudi. So like on my Saudi side, it's all very... Wow, you're half Saudi? Yeah, yeah. So Holy shit. I know, right? <laughs> um, but like, yeah, it's very like spotty. You know, like if one person, you know, a, couple, a few people... Um, in the family know about me and know about my relationship and stuff and all of them every single one is like you can't tell anyone else i support you the ones who i've told and who are supportive yeah i'm with you i support you but you cannot tell anyone else in the family and so it's all very secretive and all that but Mm. it could be a lot worse i mean i i mean the worst thing was when my 
my I came out to my father during a fight over the phone. We didn't talk for several years after that, and that was really painful because first off, I know he was being a dick about it, but I also know that the way I delivered the information was not helpful. Yeah. Um, and I could have gone about it way differently. And That's what one of my friends said to me as well. Like, I have a best friend in yeah. Dunedin, which is another city in, or another, like, place in New Zealand. He's trans-Filipino. When he was transitioning, his mom would, like, always be like, you'll always be my girl. And oh. he would be like, but, oh um, but you're like, you know, and she'd oh. she like, you'll, you'll always be Angela. You'll always be, yeah. you know, to me. And he would that's just so be like, damaging. but that's, he's like, but I'm still me. Like, I'm still me. I'm just, I just look different. Just yeah. rocking a badass beard now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, not much facial hair, but the most that he oh, okay. can. <laughs> but like. Sounds like he had a lot of patience. A lot. And like yeah. her, him and his mom still kind of don't, don't talk at all. And, yeah. but he's having like a great time and a great life and it's just like doing his thing and that's also another thing that I kind of like didn't really get because I'm me and my family are quite close like we've always been very very close and kind of like a fake way growing up if that makes sense like like surface level sometimes yeah and and like ignorance is bliss sort of thing yeah yeah I hear that oh my god I know I so get that Oh my god, it feels so good to, for other people to know this. I know. Yeah. Like, okay, we so. We hear you so much. Like. So I had to come out to my folks several times. And the first time when I was like 12, they basically shouted me down for a couple months. And then like after oh, wow, I stopped so talking. Oh wow, you were like. Yeah. Yeah. Very it, it, it puts it doesn't make me as old now that I say twenty years. <laughs> but yeah. but but like after I stopped talking about it, it's like the problem disappeared because no one wanted to talk about it, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that enhances yeah. bliss. And I was like, Oh, perhaps I should bring this up now that I'm fourteen. <laughs> and yeah. the cycle repeats a few times and then I'd start taking hormones, don't tell anyone, and like it's getting pretty obvious, but no one says a damn word. Right. Yeah, so Reem, you get it. I, when Yeah, when, totally, man. Yeah, like when Just other like, people are like, Oh, are you close with your family? It's so hard to know how to answer that because what is yes their and definition? no and yes. <laughs> it's like I call them, but I don't really talk about anything that's pertinent to my actual life. Yeah. That's so true. Like it's very totally... rare. Yeah, very rare for me and my that side of my family to talk in depth about ourselves it's more we we get on all kinds of topics like one of my cousins and I who I would say on paper we're really close because like if you look at all the chats we've had and blah 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 but it's like we talk about shit like parallel universes and all this shit that has nothing to do with us but it's mm. just something to talk about but we never like mm. get into the personal stuff shit does that mean we're not actually close Mm. yeah i've always been like that in my family i've always been the person that is just like can we be real and talk about this thing yeah yeah but everyone else was like the oh don't worry about it it's fine let's just it's fine let's just not talk about it until someone else is ballsy enough to bring it up again you whatever you know yeah and i was and i was always that person like i was a person that split my split my parents up because my dad was cheating and i found out and everyone knew but didn't say anything for years you know and i was just like uh hold on guys fuck (laughs) this is this is not right and um yeah it's just it's fucked and then it really messes with you because when you go into the outside world 
like that's what I learned. Like that's what I grew up with as being ignorant and 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 not talking about things. And so when I get into relationships outside, that's how I'm going to be subconsciously is kind of like ignorant and not talk about problems kind of you know what I mean? Like yeah, it really like, fucks with you. Be kind of guarded. Yeah. Even and if you don't think you're being guarded. Like Yeah. Yeah, yeah you on, are. And you're yeah. always walking on eggshells even when you don't need to, you know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. True. Having anxiety about issues that might not even be there. Exactly. And it's yeah. almost as if like I had to relearn how to live life at twenty four. And like have right. emotions and acknowledge them and talk to people about them honestly. Acknowledging emotions is a whole whole other story another ball game yeah for sure i think we all needed this yeah yeah so like if people want to check out your music and stuff where where's the best place for them to find it and how can also how can people um get in in contact with you and connect with you you can go on my spotify and listen to my music there awesome or if you want to know what i'm up to on a daily basis you can follow me on my instagram yes which is mia underscore is underscore cool of course she is yes and yeah or if you want to like really 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 deep and meaningful situation you can just email me uh okay. do you want to share an email address or just like or we should post it or should we just pass it along to you yeah you can do whatever you want with it okay let's show all right so we um, will be putting up links to your uh, spotify instagram and um, also facebook like, facebook yeah. page oh sweet my music facebook page Oh, sweet. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll post the links that you sent us, like the other interviews you've had. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I've been trying to apply for funding. I don't know if you guys have that there, but in New Zealand, there's like this New Zealand um, on-air thing and artists can apply for funding and you get like either six grand or eight grand what? to either sh- to like shoot a music video or to like record something professionally. I love it. Um, and I've been trying to apply for it like every year and people keep telling me like you should apply for it you'll get it you'll get it because i think my music is not as mainstream yeah and i i swear a lot and i talk about intense shit so every time i like put a song through i don't get funding for it so i was just like fuck it fuck you guys i'm just gonna go put my own team together i'm gonna make my own fucking music video i don't need your fucking eight grand I'll do my own shit, and so that's... And that look what you came up with. I mean, yeah. the, just the, like, I mean, the music is amazing, and then also the aesthetics of the video is just fucking gorgeous, just stunning, and, like, you bring in the whole, the Arab element, and it's just so awesome. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, it's just so good to see. Everyone can, in, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're on The Queer Arabs. Our website is thequeerarabs.com. You can email us at thequeerarabs at gmail.com or you can email Ahmed for the Arabic side of the podcast at thequeerarabsinarabic at gmail.com. He does the Arabic language episodes. Holy shit, that's fucking amazing. Isn't it? He's so good. He's from, he was born and raised in Iraq and now lives in the U.S. He's lived here for a long time, but. And he's uh, even more popular than us. Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> he gets way more listen like more listeners and everything and i think it just speaks to you know how much an arabic language queer centered thing is needed stupid sexy ahmed <laughs> right that damn is you, so damn fucking it, awesome i know isn't this it? is all new to me right now i'm just yeah. like 
This shit's good too. Do you speak Arabic? Yeah, I do. Oh, sweet. You know where to find it. If you ever like, if you no, I don't. The... Where do I find it? No, I'll, <laughs> I'll send it to you. Um, okay. If you ever have the energy in the future to do an Arabic episode, I know people would lose their shit. Like they would. Love really? It. Yeah. People would love I, I'm that. I'm actually just about to release a song where I'm rapping in Arabic. <gasps> oh my like god! Rapping I can't in English wait. Arabic. When will it come out? Um, hopefully in like a couple weeks. Okay, perfect. By the time this publishes, it will be around then. It's going to be called Fetouche, but I'm not sure yet. Okay. Yeah, I, this this episode is going to release, I think, the second week of April or something like that. So it'll be out probably. So cool, we'll give yeah. an update. Awesome. Thank you so much Thanks. again. You're amazing. Thank you guys so much. The song Fetouche released April 12th, and here is a clip of it. طول حياتي انا سماكت فيه طول حياتي انا طحت فيه طول حياتي انا تفيه